Five Drive. Catch up. I feel like uh, there's no introduction needed. Um, SA Rugby's director of rugby, Rassi Erasmus. I just I want to thank you for taking the time out to chat to us uh, today. Um, no, well, thanks for having me. As I said to you, it's our day off, so we can nice to relax and chat about a few other things. Um, one thing I learned about you reading, oh, first of all, we're here because you uh, released a book uh, about your life uh, from when you were lighty, as you say a lot in the book, um, to now. One thing I did learn about you while reading it is that you get nervous uh, in, in front of media. You, you're like you're a shy guy. Yeah. Um, is this day with all this media uh, talking about you specifically, does that get you nervous? Yeah, I, I think first of all, just writing a book is, 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 is nerve-wracking when you make that decision. And the first time when I spoke to Terry, who's the CEO of Pan McMillan, uh, um, and I asked about what would people want to know about me. There's a documentary, and uh, um, you know. And then uh, the basic thing was: listen, in 90 minutes or 80 minutes of a documentary, there's so many other things that you can describe in detail. Um, and you always think, but do you want to be in the limelight again? Or no, no, that's not, not at all the case. It's, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people. Well, I don't know what's the correct word in English, but we'll sort of associate with, ah, it looks like it's going okay on Facebook and Instagram and you know, everybody lives this virtual great life. But uh, we all have our problems, we all have got our struggles and we all maybe have to hammer down the door to get eventually what we have and then we still don't get it. So... Yeah, sitting here, it's, it's it's a bit embarrassing having the book. Uh, one of the players asked me for the book, and I gave him one this morning. And yeah, it's it's a weird feeling walking around with a book like that, because as you will see in the book, and I, I don't know if people will believe it or they will like it or associate with it, but um, I'm actually not a guy who likes to be out there and 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 be controversial. Uh, yeah, it's just the job I've chosen. Uh, pushed me into those things. Just go, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. Um, I would like to ask where the idea of the book came from. Was it your idea? Um, I know that you get nervous because it's basically your whole life in mm. 300 or so pages. Um, whose idea was it to, okay, let's let's get this book going? No, it's actually Terry, uh, 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 the CEO, phoned me. We were sitting, we were playing a match uh, in the rugby championship. And Terry said, can we just have a, uh, just an informal discussion? And I said to her, yes, Terry, I, I don't really don't read books. And if I read books or I watch documentaries, uh, after a while, it always feels like the person who's the book about or the documentary comes out as the hero on the other side. And, you know, and, and that's the last thing I would want people to think of, you know, and I think when people read the book, they'll see but. I acknowledge a lot of mistakes, and uh, I I learned a lot from doing things wrong and seeing other people's doing things wrong all right. Uh, and then I said to, but will people be interested in that? Because that would be the only thing that I would like to get across is that you know people are supporting us, and people say we give hope. I mm. say no, we give happiness. You know, because we win, everybody's happy for that while, but everybody doesn't now think I can be a springbok. Mm. You know, everybody, but everybody can think, you know, black and white and colored and Indian, and Muslim and Christian, we're working together and, and, and we're functioning, you know. Uh, and I would like people to understand 
why I think we do get that right in the Springbok team mm-hmm. uh, and probably how I got to do the things the way we do it and what brought that uh, to to the way I do things. You obviously, uh, with the job that you do, you, you're in the spotlight mm-hmm. a lot uh, and people will form their own opinions about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, would, now that you have a book, would you recommend to those people, listen, I have a book, maybe it'll change your, your opinion about me? I wouldn't say it's going to change your opinion to the better of me. Mm-hmm. You're going to like me more or you're going to think, I've got a soft side on me, or oh, this guy's really intact with his emotional side. No, I'm trying to say what was my reasoning behind certain things when we were doing certain things, and still make up your own opinion. You know, uh, uh, sometimes in a tweet or in a documentary, or when you're replying, or you're on the back foot because you did something, uh, it gets explained a little bit more in the book. Uh, again, like the referee issue, you know, mm. the uh, the the thing that we talk about a lot in the book is embarrassment, and how I hated to be embarrassed and embarrass people, and you know, again, uh, just the other day, uh, halfway through the book, uh, somebody said to me, "But do you realize that when you, even though you're right and the facts are right, when you bring something a certain way across?" Even though that person will acknowledge, you're still embarrassing him, mm. you know, and that gave me a massive wake-up call again and think, but you know, that, that's not me. So, yes, uh, uh, there's definitely a more raw, open side of how I think and how I operate, but I won't say that's softer, I won't say that's the correct way, mm. but it will give uh, another perspective. What I also picked up, or something that I didn't know personally, uh, is that you had an integral part in uh, transformation, um, the transforming, uh, getting more players of color uh, in the Springbok side. Uh, and what I found, like you growing up, you're very um, cornered off from what was happening in the greater South, South Africa. Um, how important was transformation to you when when you were put into that role, when it was your responsibility to figure out how to um, integrate or transform, rather, uh, the Springbok team? Yeah, uh, I I think it comes down to embarrassment again. I think when you want to fix transformation and and your mindset is just uh, white out, black in, Mm. then you are embarrassing the black player or the colored player, you know, uh, of course, he feels he's just a number there. You're embarrassing him again. Mm. You're taking the white player out because you're embarrassing him again because, listen, you're white, you're not good enough. We're a group of people that mm. formed the Elite Players Development Pathway way back in 2013. Herman Massimla, Niku know, There's a lot of guys that worked with me there and, and started in 2013 at under 15 mm. uh, looking at players. So we found a system where when when they get to junior Springbok or SA schools, that there's a pool of players that has been through our EPD pathway and filtering system and fundamentals and roadmaps on them, but it was none uh, a quota system. Mm. It was a system where we are fi- we transforming, which most people see as black in white out, but transforming is change. You know, mm. it's. We've got women on management team, you know, children and the wives uh, can join the players 
when we on tour, we have Muslims, we've got Christian, we've got guys who come from rural areas, we've got farm boys, you know, we've got guys who can only speak Afrikaans or Tosa. So um, it's changing. It's 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 not transforming black and white. Mm. It's it's changing the whole environment, and I think yeah, that was a big part of my responsibility. Are you proud? Because I feel like. Um the Springbok team now, uh, even the under-20s that, that recently competed, I feel like it is more representative than it ever has been in, in, in the past. Are you proud of the way it looks now? I am, but not, not, it's not just through my own doing. It's yeah. through all those managers that's part of the EPD systems. An uh, interesting thing, you know, the, the, the guys that played actually in the junior Bok um, uh, competition now, in the junior uh, World Cup or mm. junior Bok competition, where, which we came third, is actually the, the, the group that had that two-year COVID lull yes. where nothing happened and and you could actually see obviously we were still virtually having meetings and doing fundamentals and testing but normally we would hands off and we had a, we would have a camp we will get them in we'll get to know their characters we'll get to place them maybe in a better school we'll get a mentor for him mm -hmm. uh, and you know that almost was a bit in limbo and you could see it a little bit on the way the boys were not so co cohesive but yes uh I do feel that it's now a system that if we just keep on going with it, you can just get better and better. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is more a compliment to, to David O'Sullivan um, in that when I'm reading, I feel like you are talking to, like directly to me in the language that he, that he uses. Um, did you, how, how did he make that right? Like, I don't understand how um, it's his writing. He, we uh, we had a moment just at the beginning where he said that you didn't write mm. anything. How mm. did he get you to come across in the book? I, th I think the one thing as I said to you, uh, out of the few books that I've read mm. or, or, or documentaries that I've checked, it always felt when the person comes out on the other side, sophisticated, knowing red wine, white wine, how to dine, how to speak, to talk the correct language, you know, is the perfect role model, doesn't make mistakes. Um, and I, I feel that's sometimes disheartening to people. Uh, uh, um, yeah, winning the World Cup, sure, you know, I, I've got a talent that God gave me and, and luckily with all the people working together, we won the World Cup. Mm. But that's not to say, you know, I still not nervous in front of the camera or my accent is all of a sudden or my vocabulary is great or you know I don't bugger up and make a mistake here and uh, sometimes in my personal life make a wrong decision or you know we also have illnesses and, uh, and I, I asked David that you know I think if it comes across that it's this third person writing and clamoring this person up then I don't want to do this book because then it's just another lie. Mm. And I think people are tired of Instagram and Facebook and those perfect lives, because uh, it makes me sometimes think, oh, but are there so many people that get it right? I, I think there's a lot of us that get it wrong. Mm. And, I, and I think David really, really did that well. Mm. Uh, one of the things you also touch on in the book is uh, your father. I, yeah. I wanted to know how difficult it was to recall all those memories um, with him. Yeah, I made sure I bounced everything off my mom and off my sister. 
and of my family. You know, of course, again, I don't want to embarrass my father. I think the greatness of what my father did while struggling with those things, the, the, the things that we learned from him still whilst going through that. I couldn't say those things in the documentaries, like my dad died, we buried him, and I went back to the army. But there was a lot of things happening before, prior, uh, during, and afterwards, even if, when I got back to the army, our guys supported me there, where I didn't actually have a time to to actually, was it mourn? What's the right mm, word? Yeah, mourn, yeah. Death and, and they were, I was 18, and there was guys who was 23, 24 with me in the army. And they said, hey, come and sit here. Let, let's just talk about this. Um, and then asking my mom small little details and remembering things like my dad coming one day, because uh, he worked for Bantu administration in those days, and he was so upset this one day. And then we did some research, and uh, me and David, and we got the guy actually uh, uh, that took the photo of the thing my father was so upset about that happened in Newtonay. And I think I'm much prouder of myself of how I could speak about my father here, because he's not... Uh, it's not, well, listen, my father was an alcoholic, I suffered. It's not that at all. My father was an alcoholic and, and he suffered mm. and he struggled, but hell, he's learned us a lot. And I think the book does it much better than I'm sitting there and I have to cram in, in five minutes everything about my dad. So yeah. I'm glad. Uh, while you were, during your playing career, you were analyzing rugby games. Uh, from that, did you always know that you would go in the direction that you've gone in, in terms uh, of coaching? I really just enjoyed it, you know, mm. and, the, and, and to be honest with you, they were, I always just loved rugby and, and dispatch where I grew up. You'll see the people that lived around me, which is my heroes. And, and, and when I got into rugby, I, I quickly realized that you know, uh, some guys really just enjoy the playing, but I like the build-up and knowing the opposition and analyzing. And I first did it with two VHS video machines and uh, put the one full tape in and just record the scrums, take the tape out, just record the lineouts, take the tape out, just, and then I would make a motivational video of any given Sunday speech yeah. <laughs> and Eye of the Tiger, and then I'll play that for the guys half-time. But for me, the satisfaction eventually was apart from me playing a little bit better because I was analyzing opposition, I was seeing how other teammates, uh, a lot of guys who play rugby, rugby is not their first love, you know, they love their, their, some guys were farmers, some guys were teachers, some guys were mechanics, and they also played rugby from the amateur era where I came from. So it was nice to see that guys start enjoying the analysis and latching on the guy like Nick Mallet allowing me to do it, Lauren Mains allowing me to do it. And then eventually I sort of bought a computer and, and started doing it myself, not knowing that that would be my saving grace that when my foot actually broke at 29, mm. at least I had that background of analyzing and could go into coaching. What is the feeling like in a, in a World Cup year? What's it like now? I think we've got a squad of 41 players uh, there's going to be eight or nine who falls out, but still five or six on standby. I think it's now just creating minutes, uh, you know, more load into the correct players, getting guys like Andre and Sian Ox back, hopefully before the All Black last warm-up test match, and then pick the best 33 guys on four. So, all good. 
SA Rugby's Director of Rugby, Rasi Rasmus, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to us today. Um, I wish you and the squad and Jacques all of the best uh, for the upcoming World Cup. Thank you and good luck with your heritage stuff and all of that and thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Thank you. This is Catch up from some of the best moments from the 5 Drive team by going to 5FM's catch up page on the 5FM app or 5FM.co.za.